Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. He kōna e purangi te nei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Kia ora, and welcome to Elemental from RNZ. I'm Alan Blackman from the Auckland University of Technology. And I'm Alison Balance. And with Alan's expert guidance, we are exploring the periodic table one element at a time. Today we're up to episode 47, Manganese. Now this is something that I only associate with nodules on the deep sea floor, but I'm expecting the learned professor to tell me that I come across it all the time closer to home. Would that be right? Yes, you would be right with that, Alison. And in fact, most of the listeners would be familiar with manganese in the form of a thing called potassium permanganate. I'm sure at high school you've seen this beautiful, beautiful deep purple compound. You probably will have done titrations with it at school or undergraduate university. And it's also used to treat skin conditions, it's used in water treatment, and many years ago it used to be called Condi's Crystals for the older listeners. I remember those. They're a beautiful purple. Indeed. And we will come back to those nodules that you mentioned, Alison, later. Oh, goody. Now, what exactly (laughs) is manganese? Okay, manganese is a transition metal. Ah, so one of the exceptions to my IUM metal rule. Yeah, I think that rule's looking shakier by the episode, actually. It is. (laughs) The name manganese comes from almost the same root as uh, our last metal that we did, which was magnesium in the previous episode. And uh, this comes from the Latin magnus, meaning magnet. And uh, this comes from the fact that Manganese dioxide, otherwise known as pyrolusite, is very, very slightly magnetic. So the vital statistics on this one, uh, elemental symbol MN, atomic number 25, that puts it slap bang in the middle of the transition metals, first row of the transition metals, and it was discovered in 1774. So if we want to do a coordinate thing, the uh, periodic table map coordinates would be group 7, period 4. Well, that's like the X, Y axis. Lovely. So (laughs) why should we love and care about manganese apart from its ability to make that beautiful purple potion? Again, harking back to uh, the last episode that we did, magnesium, uh, very similar. Manganese is an essential element, just like magnesium was. And in fact, uh, you could say that manganese is an essential, essential element because life on Earth relies on manganese because a compound containing this metal carries out the oxidation of water to oxygen in photosynthesis. And life on Earth would be rather different without this. So both of these similar-sounding metals, uh, magnesium and manganese, very, very important in photosynthesis. I think you could be forgiven for confusing the two then. (laughs) No, absolutely, and I'm sure many first-year students have. (laughs) (laughs) So manganese, it's also a component of an enzyme called superoxide dismutase, wonderfully named that. And this is an enzyme that helps the body get rid of a thing called the superoxide radical, and that comes from metabolism of oxygen. Oh, sounds dreadful. A good reason to eat (laughs) beetroot then, Alan, because apparently that's the best dietary source of manganese. Oh, and we love roast beetroot. Yum. Mm. (laughs) It's not a cooking show. 
No. <laughs> it's a chemistry show. Indeed. So let's get back to the chemistry. Yes, it's an essential element, but you don't want too much, and you certainly don't want it in dust form or as fumes because you end up with a thing called manganese madness. And sadly, that has symptoms very, very similar to Parkinson's. Yeah. Can we or do we use manganese the metal? Not the pure metal, certainly not widely anyway, because the pure metal itself is, is very brittle, and so you can't really use that too widely. But what you find is that manganese uh, finds extensive use in alloys. So, for example, steel contains around about 1% manganese, and uh, that improves the workability of steel and definitely increases the strength. And if you up the amount of manganese in your steel, you get a thing called manganese steel, and that's got around about 13% manganese, and that's very, very, very strong. And that is used in things like railway tracks or gun barrels, anything where you need strength. And a little-known fact, your aluminium drink can is in fact an alloy of aluminium and manganese. That's got about 1% manganese in it, and that helps make it resist corrosion. Fancy that. You said that we discovered it in 1774. Did we actually know about it before then, though? Well, did we know about it knowingly, or did we know about it unknowingly? (laughs) (laughs) Were we using stuff with manganese in it? Without appreciating fully that was what we were using. Absolutely we were. And manganese dioxide in particular has a very, very long history. And this was used as a black pigment in the Lascaux cave paintings in France. And they're about twenty-five to 30,000 years old. And I'm going to boast and say that I've actually been there and seen them. And by crikey, if you're ever in France and you get the opportunity... You should go and see them. They are, in fact, reproductions of the original. They don't let you in the original caves anymore because they were being uh, destroyed. I'll add it to my to-do list, (laughs) and then I'll be able to stand there and be, well, that manganese dioxide they used is really good, isn't it? (laughs) You'll sound knowledgeable. Talk loudly. Yes. (laughs) Now, back when I was a kid, I used to sort of, you know, take old batteries to bits and stuff like that, and there used to be this black goop in old-style batteries, and that black goop was also manganese dioxide. It's a manganese dioxide paste. In glassmaking, you'll see old glass in particular sometimes gets a bit of a green tinge, and manganese dioxide was used to decolorize glass that had the green tinge, the green tinge coming from the presence of iron to irons. Manganese dioxide also was used to isolate another element, and the first isolation, in fact, of chlorine which is kind of interesting, and chlorine is very, very easy to make. If you've got some manganese dioxide on hand, all you need to do is pour some HCl on your manganese dioxide and you'll get bubbles of this lovely poisonous green gas. Not nice. (laughs) Now, nodules. Tell me all. (laughs) Okay. It was 1876, and the sailing ship Challenger returned from exploration of the ocean floor with a number of cone-shaped objects obtained from there. And analysis of these showed that they were pretty much mostly manganese, and um, they came to be called manganese nodules. And these things vary in size from around about a hen's egg all the way up to around about a metre across. And if we are sort of running out of manganese, then mining the ocean floor for manganese might be an option. They've got remarkable structure, so you can sort of think of them as being like an onion of concentric layers of manganese. And if you peel back all the layers, what you'll find is a tiny fragment of something that set the process in motion. Like that tiny little bit of grit that ends up being a pearl in an oyster. 
Yes, exactly. Yep. In fact, it's not a little bit of grit in a manganese nodule. Very, very often it's a shark's tooth. Oh, yes. <laughs> That'll be because shark's teeth are really hard and very common. I love hmm. it. In addition to shark's teeth, what you find also in the middle of these things are pumice and whale ear bones. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> More amazing chemistry facts with a bit of biology thrown in yeah. from the Elemental podcast where we're building layers of intriguing information around a small <laughs> nucleus. Just that name of a chemical element, and look what it sets in motion. <laughs> and there's plenty more where this came from. Just head to rnz.co.nz forward slash chemistry. Or subscribe at your favourite podcast app. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we're back next time with Mercury. But until then, it's cheerio from me, Alan Blackman. And me, Alison Balance. Matewa. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.